What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Lunch Beers Podcast. Uh, just myself and Eli in the studio today. What's up, Eli? What's going on? What's up, my guy? Not much. Just two peas in a pod over here. Love that. Uh, Nikki Q and Jared are on some PTO. Um, some well-deserved PTO. Um, okay, Eli, I walked in to the office today, and I just have to talk about it. It's already Walk a bad in. start. It's 8 a.m. in Allentown after a you know 30 minute commute. Walk into the office, and one of my coworkers just peeling hard boiled eggs. Just 8 a.m. on baby. the desk. Are they on a napkin? No, they're in our little break room. But oh. it's it, on a napkin in our break room, so they weren't at their desk. I'll give them that. So I go in, you know, to bring my lunch into the fridge, get a cup of coffee from the break room. And just peeling hard boiled eggs. Disgusting. Bright, bright and early. It's like totally fine and they're not doing anything wrong, but it's repulsive at the same time. Yeah. Like it's so harmless, but like, come on. Like that's not something you can just do at home and eat real quick at home. No, bro. Just imagine if she like walked in. She hard boiled eggs at home, brought them and then decided to, you know, crack them in the office. My brain sees her morning as boiling the eggs, taking them out of the water directly into the coat pocket. Driving <laughs> <laughs> to work, taking them back out. They got a shell on them. It doesn't matter. It ain't touching the egg. That's actually kind of true, though. I could totally see that. I mean, if you're in such a rush, you can't even peel your eggs. You cut corners somewhere in this, in this morning. That's like something that throws your whole morning off. Like, I didn't recover from that for a good hour and a half. So it wasn't until like 9.45 until I was like, okay, I'm, I'm over the eggs. Yeah, it's too much. That's a shock to the system, especially in the gray zone, which is just the corporate office. Like, you can't see anything weird. It's You're not expecting it. Yeah, it's just you got to be courteous to your coworkers. That's just not something that you should be doing in the office at 8 in the morning. Or um, really anywhere. Yeah, really at any any time of the day. Uh, so th- so that was brutal. Just this week sucks. Has been has been awful. I feel like I don't know. We're in like the home stretch before football works. The weeks have been feeling longer and longer. We're in the uh, it's getting darker earlier. Yeah, we're just it's getting chilly in the mornings. Oh, that's nice. But I just feel like we're in that dead zone right now. That it just makes it makes work feel so much longer. Yeah, I mean we had. The one draft, which we'll talk about, of course, and then obviously we still have drafts coming up. So preseason's full throttle, I guess, if that's the terminology you can use to describe that. But the Yankees suck, so it's not like we have other things to bounce back on. So I feel you. I'm I just I'm waiting for week one. Oh, we're and so just, close. I'm sitting at work, and work is not fun. Yeah, it's awful, and I just feel like people act up towards the end of summer. Yeah. Like, people just act a fool. Yeah, they're trying to get their shenanigans out. Yeah, they're just trying to get the last-minute shenanigans, whether it's your coworker, people you deal with on a, on a business level, whether you work, you know, in a, a uh, customer-facing role or, like, a B2B role. People are acting up, and you got to call them on their shit. Yeah. It's that time of year where you're just calling people out on their shit. There's a personality type, too, that loves to try to turn everything into a story. And I feel like we're talking about the same person when you're saying the ones that act up because it's the some they got to get you know their stories in and stuff. So yeah, I, I, it's not fun. It ain't, it ain't fun for us us nine to fivers who are just trying to get through and get back to the course 
waiting for football. We got all these obstacles, dude. These public oh, obstacles. So many obstacles. Performance reviews. Oof. Oh man. What do you think you have done well? Let that let that's a great thing to talk about. How comes when you're in a performance review, you do all the talking? Yeah. Can you explain <laughs> that to me? That yeah, I I don't understand it. It's like you performed all year. And it, you, there's work. Yeah. They always make you fill something out. You have to rate like how you did. It's very reminiscent of how like when they bring a suspect in and they want to get them talking before the lawyer shows up <laughs> to protect them. It's like that's kind of how it seems. It's like they want you to say something that they can use back against you when you, you know, at the end of the review when you're like, yeah, I have been doing better. Thanks. Like, is there a prize? Like, what mm-hmm. do I get? And they're like, well, you know, as you said, you have a hard time focusing, blah, blah, blah. And we <laughs> agree. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't find the company structure fitting fiscally to give you that extra $1,000 next year. <laughs> yeah, they're always out to get you. So, yeah, we're in uh, we're in the true dog days of summer right now. Uh, but luckily we have some beer oh, yeah. to really help us out. Uh, beer from the hometown bar. Yes. Shout out Brewworks. We got Monkey Business. Is this new? I think I've never so. seen this before. I haven't seen it. Yeah. Um, 6.7% ABV. Uh, me and Eli uh, decided we got, what are these called? Growlers, crowlers, crowlers, right? Yeah. We got a crowler, a little 32-ouncer. Um, I think it's just a regular IPA, right? It is a, how do you say it? Saison? Saison? <laughs> Siasson. Um, yeah, the monkey business. What is this, a French beer? All oui, right, oui. so I'm going to be honest. I don't have the review up. And I'm looking for it. And I don't see it. But there was one thing that stuck out to me when I read the actual menu, and it said bone dry. So somewhere in the review it says bone dry, and that's all I got. I will agree with that. At the end, it's very bitter, very dry IPA-y. taste. Yeah, very hoppy, dry uh, taste at the end. I mean, it is 6.7. Uh, this is not a, a, a beer that I could drink a lot of, um, but it, it's solid. I mean, 6.7. So it, it is, you know, punching up in, in its weight class a little bit. Um, I'm going to go, it's smooth in the beginning. I will say that smooth in the beginning, but it does have that bitter, hoppy, dry, uh, you know, IPA taste that bites just a little too hard, uh, especially because, I mean, it's a high ABV, but but not for uh, how much it's biting at the end. Um, so a beer like this, uh, I would picture it more like seven, five, eight ABV. Uh, it was still a solid beer, um, something I could drink, no problem. I'm going to go with a 6.5, 6.5 me school. Okay. I think you kind of hit on a lot of it. What I pretty much agree with you. It kind of tastes like a West Coast IPA. It's got that just super, super hoppy, dry, dry, dry taste at the end, which I'm not the biggest fan of. Definitely not a multiple, but it's not. I don't hate it, though. It's got a good flavor, but I'm not. I wouldn't order this back to back. There's just no way. Um, 6.5. I'm kind of like in that realm. I would say like a 6.1, just given off the fact that I I can't order it twice. I don't think you deserve to even be higher than a 6, realistically. But give you a little extra bonus points for it being like whatever, 7%. Yeah, boom. There you go. Monkey Business by Brewworks. Shout out Brewworks, though. Love you guys. Um, 
Okay, I do want to start with some UFC, so I will let Eli uh, take it over. Um, there was a shock to the system, I feel like, over the weekend. Um, so, yeah, I'll let you take it away. Yeah, I mean, we had – it was a great card, but I'm just – we're only really going to talk about the last fight. It's kind of the main that, – that, that's what happened that night. You got Sugar Shane, who – I mean, really, since McGregor is the most entertaining fighter in the UFC, uh, not to say McGregor's gone, but just that peak, you know, performing well, everything's moving forward, Dana's making money kind of thing. It's it's Sugar Shane for sure. Uh, against Aljamain Sterling, I was nervous about this fight a little bit, wanting Shane to win just because, like, how can you not root for him, but just fearing the grapple. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he's defended his title a couple times now. Aljamain, yeah, yeah dude, he's, right? he's he's a good fighter for his weight class. He is one of the best, yeah, in like the history of the UFC. He's one of those guys that every time he goes out, they boo him. You know what I mean? He's had a weird career where he's had some strange endings and fights and so on and so forth. But at the end of the day, the guy's showing up with a belt when most people can't beat up the nearest person in a Wawa. So mm-hmm. it's just kind of one of those things you got to give him his respect. But yeah, you you watched the fight, right? Yeah. So uh, one thing I did want to bring up, and I saw this, a lot of people were tweeting about it or posting about it. UFC is really banking on Sean O'Malley and his you know potential stardom. I think I saw it was the first time they posted a full pay per view fight like five minutes after the fight ended on their YouTube channel, something like that. But there, I mean, there's just something so unique about him i mean the hair his style his swagger his vibe um like he's just he's so relatable he's chill he's cool he's you know awesome all at the same time and that, i mean his hair man like yeah he sta- you could he stands out like a sore thumb anywhere he goes yeah he you looks know? like when you go in your little brother's room and they're playing like some like they're playing like gta and they created a character and they got all these crazy tattoos and hairstyles yeah. like that's sean yeah, it's a gta character that you just went crazy with i feel like so for other sports right so for you know especially football and basketball you see one of those guys out they're so recognizable just with their size right you know yeah um in baseball players sort of hockey players too but I feel like in MMA, especially with the lower weight classes, they throw on a shirt and they could just be lost in a crowd because they just, you know, they look like a normal, yeah. you know, five, six, 150 pound dude. Yeah. But even with him, he still stands out like a sore thumb just because of his, you know, his style. Like and he's got his, that his aura. hair, really. Yeah. He has that type of aura, too, where like if somebody saw him in public, they would just kind of be like, this, this guy's just like built different. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he carries himself different. Like, he moves with a purpose. It's, I mean, he's a great fighter to watch, and it's one of those things where you kind of line up with the agenda of the sports league you're watching, and you want to see this guy get big, and they want to see this guy get big. But on top of it, he's just a great fighter. I mean, he's an absolute sniper for the chin, which we obviously saw in the second round when yeah, he that caught. precision, man. Yeah, he. I'm not even as impressed with the punch as I am the way his eyes didn't leave Aljamain's face. But he perfectly, and I mean like perfectly, just he got tapped but didn't, no effect, moved out of the way of his throw. Because Aljamain threw right down Main Street Mm -hmm. on that punch. And for anybody around us to throw a punch through a guy's chin, to knock him down, a guy that big, you need to lean into it. 
he fell back, cocked it, and then threw his body down. So I mean, like that—that that was incredible. Um, the post game, the interviews, when they said the, you know, who do you think won the first round? He said him. They said the judges all went ten nine. Aljamain, and then his response is just cold face. How they score the second round? You know, the great, knockout. Yeah, great line. Like how you you want to see that in a fighter? Yeah, I also feel like the comparison to McGregor earlier. The way this fight ended was so similar to Aldo and McGregor where, you know, Aldo kind of charged at him too. And then McGregor just knocked him out Dropped as him. he's like moving back almost. And that was cool. So, um, yeah, I was, it was a really cool fight to watch, uh, that precision though. Um, you know, by O'Malley was, was sick and it was crazy too. Cause, um, he, I feel like even though as an, as an underdog, he had the majority of bets on him and, yeah, I mean, he just came through. It was a really cool fight. Yeah, it was a great fight. Um, I was talking to Matt and Troy. Troy's engagement party was that night, and we were talking bet-wise. And I was a little nervous to bet O'Malley just because of the lack of wrestling. But I said, though, like, if you bet him, though, just bet him by TKO. He's probably not going to win a decision with Sterling because that means the game got to the ground and nobody was knocked out. And he's probably not going to get knocked out by Sterling. So He's like, going to lose anyway, so you yeah, right. might as well just bet the TKO. So for your, for your, for your betting guys out there, right? think about that when you look at the fight and the next fight that he might have is henry cejudo he wants to fight again already this year right well, henry so yeah he definitely does henry cejudo called him out and this is hilarious he called him hey ronald meth donald <laughs> <laughs> that's actually really funny so he he's calling him an island boy he's doing everything so i mean cejudo is another big time like big time wrestler like he has a wrestler build he's got the square shoulders he's low yeah, to the ground like stocky. he's stocky exactly so we're going to that's going to be an even bigger test, possibly just because a style matchup for Sugar Shane. So keep keep the bets flowing and keep them in mind when you're looking at some of these fights. Look at the only paths these guys can win. Just bet those odds way better. Yeah, that was cool. That was a great fight. Um, what else before we get to football? Anything else happen? Oh, um, the Yanks are bad. Yeah, they suck. That it just it's very disappointing. I just at this point I hope they finish as bad as possible and they just clean house finally. Yeah. Aaron Boone's gotta go, <clears throat> Cashman's gotta go, he's been there too long. We need freshness, we need new, we need rejuvenation. It's time to clear house. So I, I truly do hope the Yankees finish and, and lose as much as possible to end the year. Just about yes. time. Agreed. Yeah, so um, other than that, I mean, baseball's really just, you know, moving along. What, month left in the season? Not really much to uh, to go over there. Um, what else has been going on? I think we're just ready for football. Yeah, let's just go to football. Yeah, I did see. We'll start this because this is a great place to start. So um, if you haven't been keeping up with the, the, the news in the football world, super fan Chiefsaholic, who was arrested for robbing banks, um, his lawyer came out. And it was just hilarious because his lawyer looks like a nerd. And he came out in his, you know, I don't know what you want to call it, his statements of the press. He was just using football analogies. He was like, this, this will not be Chiefs Aholic last drive. Um, you know, they were just dropping football analogies in this statement. It was just hilarious. Um, Worst. so yeah, I thought that was really funny to watch. <laughs> don't be that guy. Yeah. Um, free Chiefs Aholic, but maybe not because he might have actually robbed a lot of banks. So <laughs> he, he may actually be a bad person. So we yeah. have no stance. That was just hilarious. Um, 
So we did draft for the uh, the Beers League for fantasy football. Um, great time. Yeah, great time. Uh, full. Everyone was there in person, all 12 guys. That was awesome. Yeah, great crew. We had everyone in person, and we drafted at another local watering hole, the Wooden Match, a great place where Eli plays a lot um, as well. Um, and it was just really cool. We were in their private lounge, um, TVs, couches, big table, um, and we all just brought our laptops. And, yeah, drafted some fantasy football, which we're all pumped for. Yeah, so what was your – and we had a pool table too, which was sick. Yeah, playing some pool in there. I mean, just a really cool I had to vibe. Throw that in, I forgot. Yeah. Um, any any big takeaways from the draft? Any anybody on your team? Anything else? Like anything stand out to you at all? Yeah, I mean, um, I guess my first three players really excited. I drafted Cooper Cup, then Nick Chubb, and I finished my third pick with Chris Olave. Really happy uh, that he fell to me at the end of the third round. That was cool. Um, no, I, I just think like everyone drafted really well. It's going to be a good year. I think we're all pretty, uh, you know, solid teams, and it's going to be competitive, man. I'm, I'm excited to get after it with the boys. Yeah, there's a chirping. lot. There's a lot of chirping going on. There was already. a lot of frustration too. That's how you know it's a good draft. There's a lot of people yelling at other people. Sags was sniping me. <clears throat> all night dude sags and i were going back and forth just taking players from each other it's like when you get that dynamic going in a draft it makes it even more fun yeah people sniping left and right i always i'm this is a very homer of me but i always just like having one giants player i was obviously targeting darren waller or daniel jones um it didn't work out uh, so that kind of sucks uh but the homer in me just wants a giants player on my roster every year and i have none Dude, I have, so. like, the whole East. I ended up going against my own self as a man and drafting Jalen Hurts and Devonta Smith just because <clears throat> the value, 23 and 26, for the way the draft was going, just couldn't – you couldn't pass it up. I also – I did get Waller, so, you know, and trade talks, collusion, yeah. question mark. Yeah. Eagles uh, – Eli is a big Eagles fan this year. No shot. I got Brian <laughs> Robinson. <laughs> He just hopes they score a lot of points but lose, lose every game. Lose by a point every <laughs> yeah. single game, dude. 52 to 48 every game. <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> That's absolutely beautiful. I love it. And shout out to Nick for drafting Baker Mayfield. Yeah, Nick Nick either is <laughs> going to have the dumbest draft of all time or going to prove us all wrong. There's no in-between with right. his draft. He's either going to be a genius or he's going to finish in last place. Right. Oh yeah, that was that. Um, what else? Pretty, yeah. I mean, the vibe was cool. I highly suggest drafting or doing any sort of fantasy thing in person. It doesn't get any better than that. Drinking beers, you're all together, you're all chirping each other the whole time. It's like a mini bachelor party. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> uh, especially the setup we had. Again, shout out Wooden Match, the pool table, the big table. I mean, we played poker after. Like, it's just legendary night. It's it's football time, baby. Dialed. Oh man, absolutely dialed. Yeah, so um, so that's a lot of fun. Um, I think I did. I place any new bet? Oh, this is a funny story. So I went. To, so the way we decided our draft was we got randomly assigned two teams, and it's going to be their you know preseason week two combined score is is where you fell into the draft, and then you got to pick your spot according to you know how well those team those two teams did. So I was like, okay, you know, I got the Titans and Bucks. You know, not the best, but I was going to ride with my boys. So so I go to place a bet on their week two preseason game and, you know, it was 
a little hot. It was a little more than my usual one unit back. So I was like, ah, oh, you know, it's a fun thing we did preseason, whatever. So I go to bet them and, you know, they both, I thought, you know, I got them at both plus points. So they were, they were underdogs in both games and then they ended up winning both preseason games. So I was like, oh, okay, we lit. You know, I just won my two bets. Um, so I go to, you know, use that winnings to bet some more. And then there's the winnings weren't there. And I was like, what the hell? So I go into my bets and it turns out I bet the Bucks and the Titans week one of the regular season. So I was like, oh, Some man, futures. what the fuck? <laughs> Some futures in the pocket. Yeah. Dude. So I do have, um, I believe it's the, ah, fuck, I don't even remember at this point. Awesome. I, I got them both week one. Um, they're Team both Baker. underdogs, so they're getting points again. Um, one was a three point underdog and one was a six point underdog. I just can't remember off the top of my head. Um, so yeah, I'm riding with the Titans and the Buccaneers, uh, week one of the regular season. So, uh, so yeah, ride with my guys. There it is. Sometimes, sometimes you just gotta ride with your guys. Sometimes it just happens. Yeah. You don't know. Yeah. You don't know. Yep. So, uh, so yeah, that was, that was fun. Any division you want to, uh, touch on here? Hmm, which one haven't we done already? Because I could definitely talk about one. So let's do uh, NFC North. Oh, perfect. Love that. Um, What do you want to start with? Well, let's start with... Trickle off the fantasy, Justin Jefferson won, and just start with the Vikings. Yeah, we can start with the Vikings. Um, So that the show that Netflix came out with, Quarterbacks, it, it... I do. I like I like Kirk Cousins as a person. Uh, not so much the his talent level as a football player. You like that? Yeah, but you know, he's just that. You know, he's a regular guy. He really is. He really is just a regular dude like us, and I really appreciate that about him. Um, so watching the quarterback show made me like Kirk Cousins. I just again his his talent level with where he got paid at does not match but you know you can't at the end of the day you can't blame someone for playing the system and winning so good for him he deserves his money um but on the other hand i think the vikings are due for a regression i mean they won a lot of close games uh i what was their record in one score games like fucking i think they were like disgusting eight and two ten something crazy etching out everybody yeah something crazy like that um I mean, Kirk Cousins is another year older. Justin Jefferson, though, is unreal. Yeah, dude, I think I could throw a touchdown I mean, pass he's if breaking, he's the wide he's receiver. Breaking, he, was, he broke rookie records. He's breaking records for, you know, second year, third year numbers. Like, he's breaking all the records. Um, he's so good. So I really don't think we even need to talk much about him. But I do, you know, who I like a lot? Jordan Addison, wide receiver out of USC. Uh, won the award for best receiver in college last year. Um, I think he's going to be great. I think he's going to have, I think he's a sleeper this year. He's not really being talked about. Um, I think he's going to be really good. Um, we love that for the former Washington Kirk Cousins. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but again, I do like Kevin O'Connell though, their head coach. I just think they're bound to regress, man. It's just, they got, they had a lot of lucky wins last year. Uh, so it's going to be tough. And you know what? Shout out Minnesota and their fans. Talk about a, a tortured fan base. Minnesota teams. That's where quarterbacks go to die. Yeah, the Vikings, the Twins, and the Timberwolves. 
That is just tough. It's disgusting. <laughs> it's just a terrible, terrible, terrible. Like, imagine you're driving around the city. It's just and They're tough. trying to get you fired up with those logos. Yeah. Oh, you know what I saw the other day? Um, the quarterback in the NFC that has the most touchdowns without Super Super Bowl start, Kirk Cousins. Um, yeah. I think I, I feel like I saw something about Minnesota too about like they don't have a Super Bowl. Um, but I saw something about like they're, I don't know, maybe a franchise or a team that has performed so well over so many years, uh, without a Super Bowl. It's just, it's tough. Uh, I feel really bad for them, but I just don't think at this point Kirk Cousins is going to take them to the Super Bowl. Um, it's probably not going to get better. Yeah, pr- probably not. That being said, though, that division's going to be good. Uh, moving on to Green Bay, losing Aaron Rodgers, going to the Jets. It's Jordan Love time. They drafted him, you know, what, second round uh, for a reason? Or was it the first round? No, they drafted him in the second round, I think. Second, yeah. Yeah. So um, moving on to them, uh, I kind of think Jordan Love's going to be good. Uh, just watch him in preseason. Um, he's playing well. Reports out of camp are going well for him. Um yeah, I, I like Romeo Dobbs. I like Christian Watson. Um, Aaron Jones is a beast. Will not be stopped. Yeah, so I think they're going to be a sneaky good division. Uh, and I, oh man, I do like, but you know what about Green Bay? I also feel like they should be bad for a while. They deserve it at this point. Yeah. Troy needs to suffer a little bit at some <laughs> point Green Bay fans for his just, fandom. Yeah. Imagine having – this should be crazy, but imagine having three straight Hall of Fame quarterbacks. No, I can't. That, I can't obviously, cra- I can't imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy that they had two already. Yeah. Imagine a third one. Yeah, they're absolutely – they're spoiled. And I agree with you. I do think they're going to do better than expectations. I mean, they do have a solid squad, but the main thing that people forget is, as you point out, Jordan Love, I mean, he's obviously a talent – crush at a Utah state, but he sat behind Aaron Rodgers. Like he wasn't, he didn't get the Baker Mayfield treatment where he started three games and then was benched behind a bozo for eight games and just back and forth across three teams. Like this guy stayed at a good organization with a good head coach and a good quarterback and learned for an extended period of time. And like, we can't Jimmy Garoppolo still getting massive checks and he's two teams removed from when he left the Patriots like that product works. So, yeah, that's definitely an, an underrated thing that I mean, it, especially watching uh, Hard Knocks, seeing how cool Aaron Rodgers really is and how like how much he's open to teaching the younger quarterbacks. Like you just said, I mean, Jordan Love was learning under him and I'm sure he was cool to him yeah. for the last 2 years. Um so I I think he's going to be good. It, it's going to be sneaky. It's it's definitely tough, especially because the next two teams we're about to talk about, their expectations are f- crashing through the, the roof right now. It's it's actually kind of crazy because um, I do feel bad because uh, I feel like the team with the most Super Bowl you know tickets never pans out great. But the right. Detroit Lions, people love them, and rightfully so. They started last year 1-6. Um, and then they won however many straight games. I mean, people were calling for Dan Campbell's head after the one and six start, but then they went on a tear. And it's very apparent that this team likes 
Dan Campbell a lot. They want to play for him. I mean, he's a guy that he speaks to you and you want to run through a brick wall for. Yeah. Um, I definitely agree with that. And the other thing, the thing that weirds me out a little bit about it, I mean, they got Gardner from the Eagles, which was a pretty decent loss for them. So that's a nice acquisition at corner. But they don't have Williams anymore, who scored the most touchdowns like last yeah, year. Yeah, Jamal Williams in the Saints now. So, you know, I don't really... That dynamic, like, yeah, it helps them on defense, of course. But, I mean, losing a running back that has that much of a workload, it's not a good blueprint for any team. So... Yeah, they it's did a weird draft, move. They did this draft Jameer Gibbs though, and I'm high on Jameer Gibbs and a fellow rookie Bijan Robinson. Um, but sticking to Jameer, he has the draft capital. Um, I think, uh, first round running backs have not finished worse than like running back 12 on the year in fantasy. Jameer Gibbs is going to be good. They, they, they traded up for him for a reason. Um, he's, he's a, I mean, he's going to be like an Alvin Kamara type running back, but he's a better actual runner of the ball of the football than Alvin Kamara ever was. But he can catch and move in open space like Alvin Kamara. Um, so I'm excited to see what Jameer Gibbs is all about. Big fan of Jared Goff, but I'm not sure if he can hold it down. Um, I do like him as a person a lot. He's a really cool guy, but not sure if you know he's a uh, take this team to the playoffs quarterback. He's so, got some surprises in him, so yeah, he does. We, I mean, we he's could been see in the a Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we could see a Matt Stafford thing. You know what I mean? Where like you just come like a bat out of hell the first time you get like a strong team around you and you run right there and people see how good you are. Yeah, golf's got true. a little bit of that in him. Yeah. I feel so. And then the Sun God, you know about the Sun God, Eli. I'm on Ross A. Brown. Great so player. Good, yeah, he's so good. <laughs> he put money in my pocket last year in fantasy almost single-handedly. Like, he showed up to my house and just gave me the money himself. I love how you can go up to him and he can just recite all the, the wide receivers that were drafted before him and the college they yeah, went dude, to. That is awesome. <laughs> like, there's no competition He like says that, that he, has, he has that a piece of paper in his locker. Just a I piece of that. paper of all the names. And it's funny, too, because, like, those wide receivers, especially ones that don't pan out, like, obviously, like, Jamar Chase was a good pick in front of him. So, like, you Naturally, can't blame him for yeah. shit like that. And he probably knows that, But, like, too. there's some there's some wide receivers in there that, like, it's not their fault they got drafted where they got drafted. And they're just taking straight. infamous. Yeah, yeah, dude. So it's like you fail at your career a little bit. And, like, people are still focused on beating you. Yeah. And, like, you're just at home. <laughs> So, like, he'll be bringing up some of these names of the other wide receivers, and, like, they're just catching straight strays from them because they did not pin out at all. But, again, it's not their fault where they got drafted. But I think that, that is, that is I love I love my wide receiver because that's, like, the opposite of, like, the diva type, you know, receiver. You know, like, he's yeah. just a chip on his shoulder, gritty. You got to love the grind, yeah, dude. Yeah, exactly. You got to love the grind. And, like, those those things that set you off are just as good as anything. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, just having that fire on those days that you don't want to do it and seeing yeah. that and be like, you know what? I got to get these guys. And, again, the one might be, like, on his couch. Some yeah. dude's just in the NFL <laughs> like, gunning for him. <laughs> like, full sprint at the training facility at 2 a.m. Yeah. And then on the defensive side, um, like you said, C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Um, but Aiden Hutchinson, who had a better season last year, then the dude that was drafted in front of him, um, Trayvon Walker. Aiden Hutchinson is a dog. He's going to be great. Yeah, he's filthy. Um, that defense, the defense needs to tighten it up a bit. 
Um, but Aiden Hutchinson is going to be on the forefront of it. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited for the, the Lions. I just don't like when too much hype's around a team. That's yeah. my only concern is like too many people are on them. Um, we haven't so. seen anything good out of Detroit. Yeah, that's not thing. They're, they're, it's like, it's me last night. Yeah. When, when we were playing poker and I didn't get a single hand forever and then I got a queen pair with a king on the board, I, I went all in. It's just like you just, you get to a point where it's like, we just got to get excited for something. So. Yeah, the the value's definitely inflated. Um, as we talked about before, I think Campbell is a good enough coach to kind of keep love Dan Campbell. Yeah, keep things on the tracks and Dan progress. Tara. It's a good. Uh, well, they're one of those teams that you could see them landing at the bottom of the division. You could see them winning the division. Like, there's not really much of a surprise that we're gonna get out of them because like anything is really possible with what they have going on over there. Yeah. Um, Which is kind of like the Bears, I feel like. Yeah, the last team <laughs> just... to talk about. Another team with that, you know, record-wise, they did not perform well at all. They obviously had the first overall draft pick in last year's draft. They they traded it, but they ended the season with the worst record um, to get that pick. But expectations for them are so high. And it all starts with Justin Fields. Um, he went on a tear last year. Um, he is a mobile quarterback, um, that can throw the ball, but it's his legs. That's his biggest asset. I mean, he, he could run the ball as well as almost as well as Lamar Jackson. I mean, he is, he's he's so electric with his legs. Um, and when you have that as a quarterback, it's a wild card. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know when he's going to tuck and run. You don't know. How long he's going to keep his eyes downfield? You know, you, you push up on him to play the run, and he throws it over your heads. Um, you push on him too late, and he's already running by you. You spend a spy every play, and you're yeah. down a defensive player for the quarterback. Yeah, nightmare. So, um, <laughs> it's an absolute so nightmare. Justin Fields, offensive player of the year, maybe, and NFL MVP might be too ambitious. He's got the toolbox um, for it, though. He yeah, really does because he does have a. He's got a solid arm for a guy that runs like he does. Yeah. He's a freak. Yeah, so I'm um, really excited for Justin Fields to take that next step, um, especially with a uh, you know the same coaching staff in place. They really do have a good front office building around him. Uh, moving on to the DJ right. Moore. Yeah, DJ Moore. I mean, they that yeah. was part of the trade, moving yeah. out of that first pick. They brought in DJ Moore. And DJ Moore is so nasty. frustrating because he's such a good receiver. But he's been stuck with just shitty quarterbacks, and he's been he's been you know middling around the mediocre line for a while. But his talent level, because he has such big bursts of talent and greatness, and then he just kind of falls back to mediocrity. Um, but he finally, this is the best quarterback that he's going to be playing with. I think yeah, there's a there's a big chance that they really kind of help each other out this season. And, and they brought him in for the for a reason. DJ Moore is filthy, and having that over the top just bomb that you can throw. And he'll go up and get it. He'll be physical. We'll yeah. see what happens. Yeah, so that's big. I mean, the the wide receiver core, Chase Claypool, he's another like down the wrist. I don't think he's going to be like as consistent, but he's just a down the field kind of guy. I mean, another guy they traded for. Yeah. Um, Darnell Mooney, who gets slept on. He's another guy. Just I feel like this Chicago Bears offense is riddled with people that have shown flashes of greatness. 
but just flashes, not a full season of greatness yet. Yeah, it's so a matter I, of do they make each other great? And or, do they all put it together for one long season? Or do they fall apart individually, and sometimes some are nasty and others can't? Yeah. It's in, I mean, none of them have had a good chance, really, yet. So it's kind of like the comeback kids at this point. I mean, even their tight end, dude, their, their three tight ends are Cole Komet, Robert Tunyon, from Green Bay, East. and then Mercedes Lewis, who's been in the league for like yeah. eighteen years. He's the vet. He's like the Udonis the Haslam. The, yeah, he's, like, the he's not going to touch the field, but like, yeah. So, um, so yeah. Obviously, the uh, oh, and and uh, the division rival, Amara St. Brown's brother, Aquinius. Is that how you say his name? He's on know. the Bears. <laughs> he's he's a receiver on the Bears. So the little brotherhood rivalry between the two teams right there. Um, shout, shout out uh, Amara St. Brown's dad, though. Just a beast of a human. I still I will never forget him from uh, the Lions hard knocks two years ago, was it? Just a beast of a human. Um, and, yeah, he, he raised two kids that made the NFL. So that's fucking awesome. Studs. Um, moving on to the defensive side of the ball. They got a good defense, and it's it's bare, especially when they have that Bears weather late in the season. It's getting cold. It's brick. Who's going to carry the boat? Every, everyone <laughs> says that the coldest games they play all year is when they play. They have to go up to Chicago at the end of the season. Like the, it gets freezing up there. They just traded for Yannick Ngagwe. Um They got a solid defense, man. Um, Eddie Jackson's coming back. Uh, Tremaine Edmonds, I think they, he's, I think he was with this, he was with someone else last year. I don't remember where he was. Yeah. Who was he with? I can't remember now. Oh yeah. He was with Buffalo. So he came over from Buffalo linebacker. They're, they're going to like solid defense, man. Um, made some big pickups. I, another team with high expectations. So I feel like. Everyone's kind of off on the Vikings. Everyone's thinking they're going to regress. No one's really talking about the Packers, but then the Bears and the Lions have the high, you know, expectations for next year. So, as we finish the others, what are your standings? Yeah, this is a tough one. I think I know mine pretty good, to be honest. Yeah, you want me to go first? Yeah. Okay. I want to see if we do the same thing. Just because I'm so big on them and I feel like their franchise is at the turning point, I'm going to go with the Lions. The Lions, the Detroit Lions, who I don't think have ever won their division. I don't think they've ever won the NFC North. They don't have a good history. I think they are going to win the NFC North in 2023 to 2024 season. I think the Lions are going to make... the playoffs as a wild card spot last game of the season. They're going to beat whoever they play to make it. And then I think the Vikings are going to regress and they're going to fall into a full rebuild mode. And then I think this is tough because I just talked about how I think Jordan love is going to be good. Um, but I think, but will the rest of the team be yeah, good? I think the green Bay Packers are going to finish in last in the division. So you were lions, bears, Vikings, Packers, Sorry, Troy. <laughs> yeah, so I'm similar with the bottom. I'm going Vikings-Packers 3-4. Um, <clears throat> again, not that I don't like the chances of Jordan Love, but I just don't like... I don't think there's enough flash there for me to take over the, the last two teams we talked about, but I'm swapping the top. Dude, I got the Bears at one, because I just... I could see an entire like turnaround. Yeah, I like it. If if That's they the fields, utilize man. yeah if they it all comes down to how they utilize Justin Fields 
like everything in that statement because if he can go the Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson route the end of last season, like he was, where he's like, take the leash off, let him be the athlete he is. Like, you can't watch him at Ohio State and then say, oh, we have a playbook that fits him. Like, that's it's not a thing. Like, you got to let these freak athletes, like, be athletes and yeah. make, like they do with Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. It's a total free world. Like, don't, you got to trust your quarterback. So, yeah, I wait real quick. I did forget, my bad, but I want to put this out there. So, Justin Fields last year didn't start the season as well, but. The turning point was when their coaching staff literally said, yeah, we watched a lot of tape on the Ravens and how they use Lamar Jackson as MVP year. And we started implementing that into our offense. And that's when Justin Fields caught on fire and finished the season strong. Yeah. So it's the system. That's huge, man. Yeah. That's I mean, huge. if you force a guy to do things he's not comfortable doing, it's not going to work. So it comes down to that. I had the Bears at one, the Lions at two, the Vikings at three, and the Packers at four. I'm on board with Frank's regression for the Vikings. They were just winning by too little. It was too close. It was too much of a sweat that they edged out. You can't bet on a good bounce. So if you've ever golfed in your life, you know that. So <laughs> Bears, Lions, Vikings, Packers is my lineup. Yeah, perfect. And that's the NFC North. Um, great football talk, man. Yeah, that was that was nice. Solid. Got Solid. me through the Wednesday. Yeah. Needed that. Yeah. Hey, one one more week of preseason. One We're more. almost there, man. Yeah, and shout out the streak, huh? Yeah. Shout out the streak. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. We'll save that for next week. I'll still bring it up when Jared's back. Oh, you have to. I saw him. Uh, you got to like, wait. Yeah, you got to wait and bring it up then. I did see him like favoriting tweets of like, there's a trove of Ravens fans who were like, pulled up like quotes from players saying they didn't care about the game and then celebrating when they won and be like, Oh yeah. Like you guys really don't care at all. And it's like, what is your angle? Like, what is your angle? You're mad. Cause they're excited that they won a game and acted like they didn't care about preseason. So you actively care about preseason, but you're blaming somebody for caring about preseason. It's very hypocritical. We'll dive into that. A little that. preview of next yeah, week we'll, because we need Jared here yeah, for that. We're going to see if he listens to the episode so he can prep some responses <laughs> to that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that was our show. Uh, we're so close to football season. Pints and pies is on the horizon. Oh, I so can smell their dirty wings right now. Um, see you guys next week. We're going to go golf. <laughs>